Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Awesome. Well, hey, if you've been here uh, the last couple weeks, we've been in a series that we've titled The Classics, The Classic Series, Volume 3. And basically what this is, what we're doing is we're going into the Old Testament and we're looking at some stories, some real actual stories with actual people, that stuff that really actually happened. And so what we're doing is we're going back, revisiting those stories and seeing some God truths and maybe, maybe pointing out some stuff that maybe we can apply today in 2022. But before we dive in, I just want to pray and ask God to do what only he can do in these moments. Cool? Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you um, just for being a good father, for being a good dad. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for just the space we get to come and feel safe and just get to know you a little bit more and trust you a little bit more. God, I ask you that you um, open up our hearts today. God, you open up our ears, God, that we can walk out of here, God, just a little bit different. And God, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, and what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, like everybody said, amen and amen. But before we dive in, I just want to honor Pastors Brandon and Pastors Krista. Come on. Can we honor our senior pastors? You see, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for them, this place would not exist. So thank you guys seriously so much for how, how much you've invested in me and what you've done for the life of this church. And uh, we appreciate it and we love you guys seriously so much. Um, it's summertime. It's summertime. And uh, I don't know about you. Have you gone on vacation yet? Has anybody took a trip yet already? Have you gone out of town? Have you, has anybody gone swimming yet? Has anybody gone swimming, got in the water? You know, as a kid, one of my favorite things to do uh, was go on our family vacations. And for us as kids, our family vacations look like three days in San Antonio, Texas. Come on, San Antonio, Texas. Anybody love them some San Antonio? I know I do. San Antonio, Texas. And I remember as a kid, we loaded up, and Dad obviously was the one who speared this trip on, right? Dad said, we're loading up. We're loading up the cooler. You know, we got the cooler with the drinks, the Capri Suns, all the sandwiches. You know, the sandwiches. Back then, man, (laughs) back then we didn't have all this fancy stuff. The sandwiches ended up getting, like, soggy and watery. You remember those days? We loaded up the vehicle, and I remember on this summer day, we headed to San Antonio, Texas. And I was so excited. It was summertime. I was like, man, I can't wait. We get to the hotel, the fanciest hotel ever, Motel 6. (laughs) Right? Motel 6. Hey, for us, that was fancy. If I wasn't sleeping on my couch that night or on somewhere, even if I was sleeping at the floor, on the floor at Motel 6, that was fancy to me. You see, we get to Motel 6, and when you get to a hotel when you're a kid, uh, when you're a kid, the first thing you want to do is what? Jump on the bed, right? You want to jump on the bed. You got to break that thing in. You know what I mean? I didn't sleep on a bed as a kid. I slept on the couch or I slept here and there. Didn't really have a bed. Totally cool. But um, when you got to a hotel, it was like, I'm going to jump on this bed. So I finally was able to jump on a bed, get to the hotel. Me and my sisters, we're jumping on the bed. We're having a blast. Check. We got that done. So what's the next thing we do? Then go swimming. There you go. You get in your swimming clothes. You get in your swimming trunks. 
and you go swimming. So that's exactly what we did. We all got in our clothes. We, got our, we go downstairs. We get to the pool, and uh, we start swimming. We're having a blast. Mom and dad are there. And I remember on this particular summer day, dad is in the pool. And he asks me and my two sisters, he says, hey, um, do you want to float? Like, do you want to learn how to float? We're like, what do you mean float? I got my floaty right here. You know what I mean? I don't need a. No, he's like, no, like, like float, like without a floaty, like on your back. And I was like, no, I'm good. You know, like, I am okay. But my sisters were like all about it. They're like, yeah, daddy, we'll float. Like, we'd love to. We, 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 we can do it. And so they would go with dad. And dad in the pool, he would, he would you know, he'll tip them over. And he'd be like, all right, put the weight on your neck and pick your body up. And they, he, he, dad would say, I'm going to guide you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you. I'm gonna, you're going to be okay. All you got to do is trust me. And so my sisters would go, and they would float, and they'd be having a blast. And I'm over there in the two feet with my unicorn floaty and my Capri Sun, all just by myself. And, you know, I think about that story, and I, and I think about how amazing my dad was to offer us that opportunity. You see, the issue wasn't that I, I wasn't invited to go have a blast. The issue wasn't that I wasn't invited to go participate in the good things that my father was offering me. The issue was is that I lost sight of how good my father was. I didn't trust him. Like, yeah, no, Dad, I know you're good, but are you that good? (laughs) You're taking us to the deep. You see, I lost sight of how good my father was. My friends, can I encourage you today? Don't ever lose sight of how good our God is. Don't ever lose sight of how good your heavenly father is. He is a good God. He is a loving God. He is a good father. And that is exactly what I want to talk about today is the goodness of our father. The goodness of our heavenly father. The big truth that we're looking at today is this right here is a life with Jesus empowers us to look like Jesus. A life with Jesus empowers us to so can, I, can I say it like this? Can I say it like this? The only way we can share goodness is if we recognize his goodness. The only way we could share goodness is if we recognize God's goodness. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. I want to read this before we hop over to the Old Testament. It says this. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. But the Holy Spirit produces these things in our lives. He produces goodness. You see, I don't know about you, but it's hard to be good all by myself. It's hard to be good when it's just me. It's hard to be kind when it's just Mauricio. (laughs) It's hard. But when the Holy Spirit is in you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to produce it in you, being kind to somebody, being good to somebody, maybe really isn't that hard. Why? Because we recognize the very first thing, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. And I think once we grab a hold of love and we grab a hold of who love is, all these other things will naturally begin to flow. You see, today we're going to the Old Testament, and we're going to be talking about three main characters, three main guys 
three main real people who really lived. The first one, King Saul. King Saul. The next guy we're going to be talking about is a guy named Jonathan. It's actually King Saul's son. And the other guy that you may have heard of before, his name is David. A guy named David. A shepherd boy named David. And where we're about to pick up in the scripture, uh, David is actually in the field. He's tending to the sheep of his, of his father. And Samuel was on his way to anoint the next king. Samuel, the prophet, is on his way to figure out who's the next guy that's going to take over. Who's, who's it going to be? And this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel 16, 6, and 7. It says this, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. You see, can I remind you today that God is more interested in your inward than he is your outward. God is more interested in what is happening in here than what is happening on the outside. Why? Because what good is it for us to look good on the outside? Maybe look like we have it all together when we're hurting and broken on the inside. I'm here to tell you today that God is more interested in what's happening on the inside. The story picks up 16 verse 10 and 12, 10 through 12. It says this, Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to them, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? Oh, they're still, they're still the youngest, Jesse says. He's actually tending the sheep, though. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. This is the one. You see, I find it interesting that Samuel went through all the sons. No, no, he's not it. This is not it. This guy's not it. And finally, Samuel's like, Jesse, do you have any other boys? Like, you got to have somebody else around here. And Jesse's like, oh, yeah, the youngest son. Almost forgot about him. He's actually in the field, though, taking care of the sheep. You know, I read this and I wonder, I wonder, and I could, I could just assume, like, it almost feels like Jesse was just kind of eh about David. Jesse was almost, like, it almost feels like Jesse was like, why do we even consider him? He's not, he's the youngest, he's a shepherd boy. He doesn't look like these other guys. It almost feels like the father, Jesse, is just kind of like, whatevering David. But Samuel asks, is there anybody else? David comes forward, and what happens? The Lord says, this is the guy. David is the guy. You say, today might be a hard day for you. It's Father's Day. And maybe you've been in those shoes. Maybe even as a kid, you felt overlooked. Maybe as a kid, you felt like you weren't seen. And now you're older and now you're grown. You're a full-grown woman, a full-grown man. 
and it's carrying you and it weighs on you and you feel overlooked. But can I remind you today that though you may have been overlooked by your earthly father, your heavenly father never has never overlooked you. He's never overlooked you. You've never been overlooked by God. He's always for you. John 3, 17 says this, that God did not send Jesus to condemn the world, but he sent Jesus to save the world. What does that tell me? That tells me that since the very beginning, God's heart was always for you. That tells me that God's heart was always after you. That tells me that God has always loved you. I'm here to remind you today that you have never been overlooked by God. God's heart has always been for you. You see, when David got anointed king, he didn't become king right away. You got to understand, he, it wasn't like he's anointed the next day, boom, he's king. No, it didn't work like that. David actually was still a shepherd boy and a musician. Simp, simple shepherd boy and a musician. He played the harp, also known as the lyre. You see, in one day, King Saul, he's in the palace, and he's being tormented by evil spirits. And King Saul doesn't know what's happening, but he's like, man, I, I need some music up in here. I need some, like, something just to calm and soothe me. And let's see what happens next. In 1 Samuel 16, 17 through 18, it says this. So, so Saul said to his attendants, find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man. And the Lord is with him. Jumping down to 21, it says this, David came to Saul and served him. Saul loved him very much and became the man who carried Saul's battle clothes. Saul sent word to Jesse saying, let David serve me, for he has found favor in my eyes. David is now the guy who is playing for King Saul. I don't know about you, but this is a big deal. Going from taking care of sheep to now playing for the king, this is incredible. What a promotion. What an honor. King Saul now not only is David playing for him, King Saul is like, dude, I love this guy. I love David. Ask David's dad, I, I need this guy to be here with me. But check this out. 1 Samuel 17, 15 says this, but David went to and from Saul to take care of his father's flock at Bethlehem. David went to and from. David went to and from. David went from the palace to the pasture. Palace, pasture. Back and forth. Back and forth. The palace to serve the king. Back to the pasture to serve his father. The palace to serve the king and back to the pasture to serve his father. Can I remind us today? Yes, David got a promotion. Yes, he was all of a sudden, this big deal. But I love that David never forgot about his father. He never forgot about his dad. He never forgot about taking care of him. Can I remind us today, no matter how high we climb the ladder, which I hope you do, and I pray you get that promotion, and I pray you go far in life. But no matter how high we go, 
No matter how high we climb the ladder, your father still matters. Your father still matters. Your father still matters. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day to have that hard conversation. Maybe today's the day to ask for forgiveness. Maybe today's the day even to forgive. I don't know what it looks like to you, only only you do. But can I remind you today that family still matters? Family still matters. Family still matters. You see, David was just an obedient guy. He obeyed his father. He served his father. As a matter of fact, we see here in 1 Samuel 17, 17, his dad asks him to do something. On, on, on one day, Jesse said to David, check this out, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. The Bible says that literally the next day, David pipes up, he gets on, he gets on his donkey and boom, he obeys his dad, he's on his way. He's taking his brothers some food, he's on his way to go check on them, he's listening to his dad. He gets to the battlefield where his brothers are at and his brothers don't even want him there. They're like, what are you doing here, man? We don't want you here. Why are you here? They're getting upset. David, all of a sudden, is there at the battlefield when this guy starts piping up from the other side. His name is Goliath. Goliath is now taunting the Israelite army and David overhears it. And David asks, he's like, what's going on? Actually, what's in it for the guy who kills this big giant? What's in it? And the guys tell him, they're like, oh, yeah, um, so whoever kills this, this giant, uh, King, Saul, King Saul is going to uh, give him wealth. Uh, he's going to give him his daughter. And um, he's going to give him free taxes. He's exempt from all taxes. And David's like, I'm in, you know. Daughter, I'm in, you know. And so what does he do? David's like, I'm the guy. He starts telling himself, I'm the guy. I, 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 I'm going to go handle this. David goes up to King Saul, and he's now asking him, pick me, man. King Saul, pick me, please. I'm your guy. Let me fight this giant. And check out what David, is, what David tells King Saul when they're in this conversation. He says this, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right. Go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. After begging him and begging him, King Saul finally let him go. But one thing I love that David said in this scripture, he said this, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. What is David doing? David is reminding himself of all the good things that God has already done for him. David is reminding himself of all the good things that God had already rescued him from. God is, re I want to remind you today, remind yourself of all the good things that God has done for you. Don't ever forget the good things that God has done for you. You know the story, maybe you don't, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, it, let you in on it. 
David wins, right? So he fights Goliath. David ends up winning the battle. And, you know, I wonder, and I ask myself the question, how was, how was David so lucky to be the guy to kill Goliath? How, was, how, how did he get that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, out of everybody in the world, David, the shepherd of the world, how did he get so lucky to be the guy to, to, to kill Goliath? How did he get so lucky? And the truth is this, is that he wasn't lucky at all. He was obedient. He was obedient. David wasn't lucky. He was obedient. I don't know if you remember, but his father had asked him to take his brother some food. His father said, hey, son, go take, go take, go take your brothers this food. And I wonder if David, what if he would have said no? He, what if he would have said, dad, I'm already anointed. I'm going to be the king one day. <laughs> it's kind of below me, dad. Don't really need to do that today. I'm good. I'll pass. You can, you can ask somebody else. I asked myself, what if David had that attitude? What if he would have said, I'm good? No thanks. He didn't. You see, because David was obedient, he was able to have the opportunity to fight Goliath. He was able to win one of the biggest victories of his life. You see, I wonder, just maybe, what if your biggest victory is on the other side of obedience. Maybe, just maybe, the victory that you've been looking for is on the other side of a yes to God. Is on the other side of obeying what the Heavenly Father has asked you to do. Maybe, just maybe, your biggest victory is on the other side of obedience. You see, I love that David wasn't Flexing, I'm the anointed one. I'm the anointed one. Serving is below me. As a matter of fact, the, the anointing is what empowered David to serve. The anointing is what gave him the ability to serve. You see, my friends, it is the Holy Spirit within us that empowers us to do good to others. It is the Holy Spirit inside of you that allows you to do good to others. And speaking about doing good to others, this is where Jonathan pipes in. Jonathan, King Saul's son, man, he was David's best friend. He loved David. Jonathan loved David. We'll see right here in 1 Samuel 18, picking up in verse 3. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic. And even his sword, his bow, and his belt. This man literally gives it all to him. You see, you see, you see, David, you see, David was loved by his buddy Jonathan. You see, David actually um, started getting well known. You see, David actually started doing these battles and started winning. And you see, his name started getting out there. He started becoming very popular. And this made Saul very angry. 1 Samuel 18, verse 6 says this. It says, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the, woman came, the women came out 
from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. You see, this is the moment where we start to see envy. Envy starts to rise up in King Saul. Envy starting to rise up. He's getting jealous. He's, he's just like this, this guy, man. I got to watch him now. 1 Samuel 18, 14 says this. In everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. Now, Saul is not only envious, he's now scared. Saul is not only envious, he's now afraid. You see, envy will always lead you to timidity. Envy will always lead you to being timid. But can I remind you today? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I don't know about you, but I believe that this morning. That we are not called to be timid. You see, Saul gets so upset. He's now in a place where he's like, I'm going to kill this dude. I got to kill David. There's, there's nothing else I can do. Everybody likes him. He's outdoing me. Let's just kill him. Let's just do away with this guy, he says. 1 Samuel 19 says this. Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him. My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I don't know about you, but Jonathan is a good friend. This is a good dude. I can only imagine going against my father's word and going and telling my buddy, you know, like maybe even being afraid of my own life. What is my dad going to do to me if I, if, I tell, if I tell David? But Jonathan loved David that much that he was willing to risk his own life. For his buddy. Jonathan loved David. I check, check this out. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He's not wronged you. And what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it, and you were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Seriously, Dad? Come on. You're to the point where you, 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 you want to kill this dude for no, no reason. Jonathan is doing everything in his power to save David's life. He's doing everything in his power to save his life. 1 Samuel 19, 6 says this, Saul listened to Jonathan 
and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. I asked myself the question, what was it that changed Saul's mind in this moment? First, you're about to kill this dude, and now you're like, all right, I'm good. I'm not going to kill him. What was it that changed his mind? If you were to ask me, I think what it was is what we read a while ago. Jonathan spoke well of David. Jonathan spoke well of David. Maybe, just maybe, speaking well of others changes things. Maybe, just maybe, speaking well of others changes even, can I say this, hearts. Could I even say this? Maybe speaking well of others saves lives. Literally. You see, it was, it was the way Jonathan spoke about David. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, it's not in your bulletin, but it says is that there is power in the tongue. There is power in our words. There is power in what we say. It produces life or it produces death. Speaking well of others changes things. You see, Jonathan being David's best friend, I love that he recognized, Jonathan recognized that even though his earthly father wasn't being good, that his heavenly father was still good. Jonathan recognized that even though my dad here on earth isn't good, not a good dude, my heavenly father is. And because my heavenly father is good, I'm going to be good. I am not defined by what my earthly father did or what he does or what he doesn't do. I am defined by who my heavenly father is. I love that Jonathan recognized that. You see, knowing the truth about our heavenly father and how good he is empowers us, empowers you, empowers me to be good to others to do good to others. You see, our bottom line is this, is that his goodness allows us to do good. God's goodness allows you and I to do good to others. You see, I asked myself, what if Jonathan never came into the picture? What if Jonathan was never there? Where would David have been? What would have happened? What could have happened? You see, but Jonathan was in David's corner the whole time. Loving him, caring for him, leading him, guiding him away from the enemy. Jonathan was that man that was there for David. He was in his corner. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, I just, only if I had a Jonathan. Only if I had a friend like Jonathan. Only if I had a guy in my corner like that. Can I remind you that you do? And his name may not be Jonathan, but his name is Jesus. Jesus is in your corner. Jesus is the one who leads you. Jesus is the one who will guide you. Jesus is the one who will protect you. And with every head bowed and every eye closed as we close out today, I want to create a quiet moment. And maybe you're here today and you say, Mauricio, man, I recognize God's goodness. 
I recognize my heavenly father has always been pursuing me from the very beginning. I recognize that my, my heavenly daddy is always and has always been for me. And today you say, I want to allow Jesus to be in my corner. I want him to be the guy that leads me and guides me. If that is you today, at the count of three, I just want you to simply slip, slip, slip up your head. At the count of three, one, God loves you. Two, now is your moment. Three, come on. Yes, yes, yes. Hands going up. Come on. Anybody else? Yes. Yes, yes. We don't want to leave anybody out. Yes. Anybody else say today, today I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Yes, thank you. Awesome. You can put your hand down. Believers, if you can just pray with these, I'm going to loan us some words. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. I ask you that you change my heart. You come into my life and you transform me from the inside out. From this day forward, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.